Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Hello, hello. You are listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9, the other side of radio. I'm Ryan Ligas. I'm joined here with Jacob and Colby. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff today, some baseball, softball. softball. We're even going to talk to the woman's uh, golf coach, uh, Pat Nilsson. But before we get anything going, Colby, can you read us a little ad? Yes, sir. Twin Peach Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this uh, broadcast of Bobcat Radio, located on northbound frontage road of I-35 and Guadalupe Street in San Marcos. Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, and scenic views. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, so baseball. This past weekend, they went 2-1 and one against uh, Coastal Carolina. Looked pretty good. Uh, any thoughts on that? Anything? Uh... Um, I mean, they did look pretty good. They come out with two wins. But I, I do think this past week of baseball was definitely probably, I would say, their worst week of the season so far just because of how, uh, you know, amazing they have been they're ranked 20th currently in the nation after this morning's uh, polls came out and 20th in the nation probably higher than most texas state sports teams have been in, in so long i think volleyball got up there a couple years ago but and they come in they dropped the game to incarnate word last tuesday in san antonio just a game that you can't drop and then even some of the wins that they got like the win this sunday they were down so much so early and the game that they lost you think they had a comeback in the ninth but you're going into the ninth inning down seven to nothing and you just can't get like that and and you know coastal carolina let them get back in the game a little bit later on down the line if you're playing teams in the college world series which i don't think is far-fetched for this team teams won't let you even come close to getting yeah, back you, in that you can't game. slip up like that no nah. and uh I was fortunate enough to, you know, cover one of the games this past weekend. And, you know, I know, I, you know, as they say, defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of saw a lot of that uh, mostly Friday and Sunday. I know Saturday was kind of uh, kind of a kind of a little bit of a letdown because, in fact, they, you know, were scoreless for, you know, seven, eight innings. And then, you know, try to make a late comeback to possibly win it. But, you know, stuff happens, you know, things happen in sports. But I mean, it was a good series for them. Two out of three. You know, you you really can't can't complain about that. But, um, you know, there's still room for improvement for this team. I know it's still early in the season, but I mean, if they keep, you know, keep going and keep, you know, their runs, you know, producing and everything, they could, you know, be lights out this this coming this coming year. Yeah. And, you know, um, going up against, you know, when is it? I'm going to be on. They have a game on Tuesday, I believe, against mm-hmm. Sam Houston at, and Sam Houston. I think there, you know, they really got to show like we can really, you know, kill these teams. I should be, I guess you could call them. I want to call them gimme games, but you know, you have a good chance of winning. I think they got to go into Sam Houston and really, um, you know, get the bats hot and go. And I mean, Sam Houston, they're ten and three at home, so it's going to be a bit of a challenge. But you know, everyone's good at home. It's going to be a challenge, but I. I think that at this point there's nobody in the nation which they don't have a chance to beat i mean we saw it just a couple weeks ago taking texas uh almost beating them in san marcus and going to austin and taking them and if you can beat the number one team in the nation granted they're not number one now after you know people are saying the bobcats broke them but i don't know they dropped a cup they lost <laughs> yeah. a series they lost the next series and this past weekend they lost the series to a uh, texas tech who is also in i mean Texas has some college baseball right now mm-hmm. between uh, Texas State, 
uh, Tech and UT and even you know uh, these Bobcats are going to go play A and M next Tuesday. That's going to be a game. Yeah. It's going to be a good game in College Station, and so you know they're going to have Sam Houston tomorrow night. Should be a good win, and hopefully a win that kind of puts Trout and the boys kind of back on. Uh, an easy winning track yeah, because yeah. the past couple games have not been easy for them like the beginning oh, no. of the season has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chip is here, so it should be a good game. And then we got softball coming up also playing UTSA on Wednesday. It's going to be a good game either not, either way or not because UTSA, you know, I-35 rivalry. It's going to be pretty good. And what y'all, what y'all looking at that one? Honestly, uh, I'm looking at them to complete the robbery series because they played them the first time here in San Marcos and you know it got the win I think I believe it was a shutout I believe for like four four to nothing and mm-hmm. it was four a good nothing. yeah it was a good it was good it was a good game me and me and Cole were on that call and everything so uh, I hope they can you know completely the theories they uh, complete the sweep against Coastal Carolina this past weekend so and we kind of was talking about how this is a big you know confidence boost for them so you know, anytime that we get a chance to you know see the softball team grow and grow as you know as it as it grows, we get to really see the consistency build even more and more higher. So this was uh, this was a great win for them for the for this weekend. So I hope they can you know continue this and keep moving on into more conference play as it goes on. So uh, I, nothing but great for this team. I hope they keep you know building momentum as you know they keep you know, get this little winning streak going. Yeah, and especially going back to you know the sweep uh, against Coastal Carolina, I think, and especially they can show out against UTSA and you know get back on track because their season has been a little bit more in terms of their lineup and how they're trying to figure things out compared to baseball. Baseball, they kind of figured out a little earlier on. Things got kind of hot. For them, they're still trying to, softball's still trying to figure it out and how are they going to go further in the season and, you know, really cement that lineup to make them, to give them the biggest chance to win. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, I try. We try to make sure that you know we, as a team, as you know, as a coach, you want to make sure you try to you know have consistency in your team and make sure you have confidence boost and everything. So uh, this is going to be a tough test again as they're playing uh, the Roadrunners tomorrow. So let's see what they can do with this. And I think that they're coming off of, like you said, the sweep of Coastal Carolina, but it wasn't only a sweep. I mean, it was pretty convincing. First game they took eight to two. Next game they shut them out nine mm-hmm. to nothing. And mm-hmm. uh, third game, uh, Coastal kind of made it close with the 9-7 win, but still a pretty dominant, one of the most dominant weekends I think the softball team has had. I think the softball team has had a lot of big expectations coming into this season, and there have been a lot of struggles in the beginning, and even you look back at their first uh, Sunbelt Conference uh, weekend series of the year, and I believe that they lost that one. I do not remember too exactly, but um, yeah, but you know, a lot of expectations coming in, and, uh, you know, the team has faced adversity, but it's all about how you bounce back. And I think that this week in UTSA, going into raging, uh, the Raging Cajuns this weekend is going to set that up for a really good um, ho- a potential bounce back week. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. It's going to be a good game. We're going to go to break real quick, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking to Pat Nielsen, the women's golf coach. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. Hello, hello. All right, so we're back, and we're going to be talking to the women's golf coach, Par Nelson, a man of many accolades. Uh, he's in his third season as head coach of the Texas State women's golf team. He previously coached at Oklahoma State and helped lead the Cowgirls to five straight NCAA regional appearances, claimed 10 team titles during his six-year stint in Stillwater, and uh, to include a Big 12 uh, conference crown in 2016, He's also a two-time All-American selection in his 
uh, playing time in 01 and 02. Coach, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good on this beautiful day in San Marcos. Yeah. Uh, hi, Coach. Uh, we appreciate you calling in. Uh, I, you know, we wanted to get uh, somebody from the golf team up on here because y'all are having an incredible season. And uh, I kind of just want to preview y'all's game coming up. I believe it's next week. Uh, next week, yes. the Mary the Mary S. Koth Invitational down in San Antonio, uh, UTSA, will be hosting it. And I just want to kind of hear your thoughts. We were talking about it earlier on in the show about, you know, the I-35 rivalry between Texas State and UTSA and kind of going into uh, San Antonio. How are you kind of prepping this team for, I know, you know, there's going to be a lot of colleges there, but, you know, the host is the Roadrunners. And how do you approach it knowing that it is, uh, you know, there's a little bit of history between the two, uh, the two schools? Uh, yes. Uh, thanks for having me on. And, um, yeah, we're always looking forward to this tournament. Um, they are, like you said, our rival, and uh, we are playing against UTSA throughout the year, too. Uh, in golf, we play less uh, conference games. It's more we play a lot against other conferences and uh, a lot of big club teams. Uh, but we are always looking forward to uh, playing uh, against UTSA for sure. Coach, this is Kobe here. Hey, I was wondering, uh, since you are a uh, Oklahoma State al- alum, uh, there is a famous golfer who played at Oklahoma State. I'm pretty sure you know him. His name is Ricky Fowler. Uh, how would you say, like, the culture was when, you know, he was attending and how he was just being a winner and being a great, like, role model as far as, like, golfers, like, around the world? Uh, I think the culture at Oklahoma State kind of helped Ricky to 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 take the next step to becoming uh, basically a winner at the highest level. I think uh, I was around, I was playing professional golf at the time when he was there. And I, I kind of saw how, how he, how he basically became a, um, as good as he was. So I think uh, Ricky helped that program a lot, uh, but I also think that program helped Ricky to become who he is. Gotcha. And coach, uh, last week, uh, you guys went to the, uh, Bama beach bash over there in Alabama. And, uh, on the first day y'all placed first. And then, uh, the second, uh, on the final day y'all placed second. Um, what did you, or how do you feel about your team and how they performed that weekend? Uh, I think we did well. I think, uh, it was, it was up and down quite a bit, just like the weather was. Uh, we had one of our players, uh, Federica Tavelli, Westerman was, was leading after the first round, and uh, that was kind of a big deal. That was the first college tournament that she's been in the lead individually. Uh, we we are a very young team. We have uh, five sophomores and two freshmen, so um, there is uh, a lot of learning uh, going on, and there's there's a lot of experience kind of being built. So. That was that was very very good, uh, a great experience for her, but also the team. Uh, I think we could and probably should have won that tournament, but I think that was a very good experience to have here uh, leading into uh, postseason play. And you know, we go back to talking about how young the team actually is when 
out of time, I feel, with Texas State. So many, uh, you know, notable athletes around uh, just Texas State athletics. Uh, Brady McBride just entered transfer portal, and a lot of the men's basketball guys are now graduating out and moving on. What does it mean to you that your team is going to be a constant for the Bobcats in these next upcoming years, these kind of formative years to kind of get the Bobcat athletics on the map? What does it mean to you? that this team is going to be here for a while and y'all are going to be able to create this long-lasting bond? Yeah, so I think um, my job is to build a culture that everybody wants to be a part of. And I think uh, we have a really strong culture on the team right now. And I think uh, the girls uh, like each other. They're looking forward to going out to the golf course every day. They're looking forward to, to traveling to our tournaments and, and to basically see how, how good they can be, uh, both as a player but also as a team. And I think we're succeeding with that. I think we have a very strong culture, and I think um, that our results are getting better and better. I think that speaks for that, too. And even though you have that young team, you know, y'all are still having an incredible year and you're looking to compete in the Sunbelt Conference or the Sunbelt Championship uh, here in a couple of weeks in, down in Daytona Beach in Florida. Uh, just what are you telling these girls going into this championship and, uh, you know, how are you going to hype them up to, to make sure that they perform at their best and, you know, y'all can uh, compete at this championship later on in a couple of weeks? Yeah, so, so to us, it's obviously a, a special event, but I think we, we treat it just like any other event. I think we, we hype each other up for, for every tournament, and I think every tournament that we play is uh, it's preparation for uh, postseason golf. So I think we, uh, our goal is always to always to do our best, always basically hit one shot at a time. And I think it, that doesn't change for, uh, for postseason golf. And I think if it's the conference tournament, if it's NCAA regionals or nationals, that, that stays the same. And that's usually how golfers play their best anyway. So, so that's, that's how we approach it too. I like that keeping the keeping the team calm, making it go into any any ordinary game. Um, I got one last question for you, Coach, and that's just you know when it comes to uh, game time, and you know you're going into uh, these invitationals. Is there any specific superstitions that either you have specifically, or maybe y'all do as a whole team that you know you just think that you know I, I, it will benefit y'all? Any sort of superstitions or any routine that you or the team kind of sit into on uh on uh invitational day uh yeah um it's more the individual players they they mark their balls in a certain way they might write some little things in their yardage books as a as a reminder um and uh so on an individual basis there, there's quite a bit of little things like that as a team we don't really do um, that much uh, yet, but um, it, uh, it it's probably coming here for, for postseason golf. I mean, yeah, y'all have so much time to work together as a team. I'm sure some stuff will go, but that's interesting that everyone everyone has their own little little things to, to you know put their minds at ease 
sports is a, is a superstitious activity and, and we all know it and we all love it. But, um, and that's going to be, uh, that's probably going to be our last question here today, coach, but we really appreciate you calling in. We wish y'all the best of luck for the last couple of invitationals y'all have as y'all go down to UTSA next week and the Sunbelt championship up and coming. We hope to have you on the show again. Uh, yeah. So just good luck with everything that y'all are going into and thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Appreciate it. Of course you have a good day. Okay, you too. Bye. All right. And actually, as uh, Jacob said when we were talking to Par Nilsson, um, he, he talked about McBride transferring. Um, that is something that came as a really big shock to me because I assumed that he would, you know, in his last year, you know, he would want to stay here. And, you know, it seemed like this was his year. Like, he's been progressing all this time. And, you know, this was really like there's no kind of distractions. It was going to be him. He was the guy. Jacob? Uh, well, yeah, it's um, it's going to be different. Because I think that a lot of people coming out of last season, I, I felt like McBride may have been the the certainty to a lot of uh, fans and stuff. And it felt like maybe people on the coaching staff, either Spavadol brother, uh, was maybe the one that was on the chopping block. But it's quite mm-hmm. the opposite. I feel like Jake and Zach Spavadol both kind of committed to Texas State so early on to the offseason. And, um, and McBride, I mean, it's not... McBride stepped away. He said, I'm, I'm going to go see what's out there for me. And it, it's not that he's leaving yet. We've seen Isaiah Small last year mm-hmm. enter the transfer portal then end up coming back. But I feel like one thing that played a big part into this is earlier on in the offseason, Texas State going out and getting the transfer from a Sunbelt Conference rival, Arkansas State mm-hmm. quarterback Lane Hatcher at quarterback. So I feel like that definitely had something to play into Brady's decision. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, entering a transfer portal, it's tough because you don't know, you know, who's going to be looking for you. You don't know who's going to come after you. So it's kind of a wait, you know, it was a, it's a waiting process. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to make decisions for your own as far as, you know, professionally and how you're going to, you know, extend your career, whether if it's in any sport, but, um, you know, but as you know, sometimes you, I think what this is, is maybe, maybe it is a sign that maybe Texas state could get better as, as a group, maybe if possible, you know, but, uh, I mean, I mean, I got none, none but respect for him in his decision. And no matter what he chooses to do, I think he's going to, you know, excel. I know, you know, Texas State really hasn't been this be- been the best. But, I mean, if he comes back and maybe tries to improve and everything, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, I mean, last season, he definitely had games where it was just like, like, he's the guy. Like you just saw it and you saw what he could do. And then there was also games where it was kind of, you know, maybe there's some things to fix. But, mm-hmm. You know, like I said, this seemed this seemed like the year that he could, if he you know in you know if he was with us, if he could you know do it, he can do it all and really lead this team. So, I mean, like Jacob said, you don't know if he's gonna leave. He's not. You know, it's kind of up to his. He's thinking about it right now. Uh, yeah, and I think I think a lot of people are gonna give him offers just because of what potential we have seen at Texas State. But I also think a big part of it is like these fans at Texas State. They're pretty ruthless mm. when it comes to football, just because the Bobcats have been excelling at pretty much every other sport, oh, yeah. at least in this past year. Mm-hmm. And football is, of course, we say it all the time, it's a big moneymaker in Texas. You want to succeed in that. And if you're a college student, you want your college to be good at football. Oh, yeah. And it's, um, you know, fans are brutal. On Twitter, there's mm. a guy that is like, 
uh, Ty Evans for quarterback one, and that has been his profile for the past two years mm-hmm. since Brady McBride <laughs> has gotten it, and he's been uh, praying for uh, Ty Evans to get the start, and now he may, but I mean... Just think about it, McBride. You know he's he's one of he's a college student like all of us. He's just trying to get into the league, a league, uh, currently, or just get on a team currently. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure that is hard for him, and it probably just wants to find a new setting because you know a, a setting can can mean everything for a player. And so I'm excited to see what uh, Spavadol chooses at quarterback, whether it's Ty Evans, whether it's Lane Hatcher, who they just uh, got in the transfer portal. It's going to be fun because. Both both guys who started games last year, Brady McBride and, and uh, Tyler Vitt, now gone. One third transfer and one, uh, you know, his years of eligibility ran out. Yeah, a lot of question marks, but I mean, I find it. It's also exciting. You know, that kind of sometimes uncertainty is a little exciting to some people. Cause it's mm-hmm. kind of like, where are we going to go? What can we? What team and what kind of production can we form with the pieces that we do have? Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a big thing, especially this offseason. Now they're going to have to think about and really start looking to see who's going to be our guy. Mm-hmm. And past quarterback, there's so many other questions to fill. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, there, there's not a lot of constants on this Texas State team currently. I think there are a couple of young guys on defense, defensive backs like Zion Childress, uh, that are gonna are are pretty pretty you know set in stone as well as Calvin Hill, the running back. He had an incredible season. He's I believe going into his junior year, so he has a couple years left uh, for him. So there's so little constants currently that uh, I think this quarterback position is quarterback decision is going to put a lot of effort on it just to kind of settle some minds mm-hmm. in uh, the front office of, you know, uh, Texas State football. All right. And uh, speaking of, you know, going from college football, let's go to some college basketball. You know, we're getting to the tail end of March, March Madness, where it's coming to an end. Poor St. Peter's. It, uh, it broke yeah, my heart. It broke my heart. I can't believe it. it. It had to have happened at some point. I mean, they, they weren't going to win at all. Yeah. yeah. But um, they, I mean, rose to them because they they ran with it. What yeah. they were able to do was just, I mean, it's remarkable. But I think Jacob was saying earlier um, before we started the show, you know, once, you know, say Pete, you know, Miami was out. And it was like, oh, well, now it just looks like regular March Madness lineup. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just Absolutely. all the same. Absolutely. And, you know, I love a good Cinderella story. I think everybody, at least who watches college basketball, loves a good you know Cinderella story, especially in March Madness. So, you know, giving St. Peter's all the love and they and what they did and stuff this past this past March, uh, or this March. But um, but now our focus is now going to be on Coach K now mm-hmm. because we uh, this is going to be so this is the first time that you know NC UNC and Duke is going to meet in the tournament. And what better? I, I know a lot of people want it in the national championship, but I mean, in a Final Four to go to the national title, I mean that. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. It does not get better than that. Uh, coach K, head coach of Duke University, been with them for it's got to be fifteen plus years, long, twenty plus long, years, long, yeah, yeah. long time, yeah. long time. And um, to have their rival UNC and ne- have yet to play them in the tournament is uh, is kind of crazy to think about. But I mean, here it is. You probably have. Four of you know Villanova, Kansas, Duke, UNC. Four teams that are so used to being not only in March Madness, but so used to being in Elite Eight, in Final Four. Some of them, you know, national championship. National Villanova champion, yeah. in the past five years has probably been in the national championship what two, three times. Two, th- yeah, yeah, two times. And um, 
and they were playing UNC, mm-hmm. who was also in the Final Four. So, mm-hmm. I mean, these teams are used to it, and it's it's going to be, uh, I, I, like you said, Miami, a 10 seed, uh, St. Peter's, a 15 seed. These Cinderella stories, they've died out, and now it's kind of just... Same old, the, same old. The big yeah. dogs. It's <laughs> yeah. the big dogs going at it, and um, I, it's it's going to be a good one in New Orleans. Gotcha. I mean, I know I see. I guess I can guess y'all opinions for Duke versus uh, North Carolina. Y'all want Coach K to win. What about uh, Kansas versus Villanova? Any any picks on that? Kind of like. Mm. Um, I I want Coach K to win. I don't think Coach K is going to win though. Oh, okay. Going back, okay. I, I UNC is is really good. Really good. I mean. They just got so much size that I don't even know what his name is. He's some huge blonde dude with a with like a leprechaun beard who was <laughs> draining threes, and he's like six ten, draining threes from five feet behind the arc against St. Peter's yesterday. Looking like Justin Turner from the Dodgers, right? <laughs> yeah, really, he did. Yeah. And um, so I got UNC winning, but for Kansas and Villanova, I could flip I, a coin. Yeah, probably, I, but I I would. I would want to kind of see a Villanova and UNC finals because they've met a couple years ago, and it we all, was we all know what happened to that. Yeah, one. Yeah, that was one of the craziest college basketball games I've ever seen. That wasn't national. Was that that national was national champion. championship? Yeah. That's so crazy to think about. So probably the craziest national championship in years. So mm-hmm. I'd be happy to see a rematch. But if Kansas won, that'd also be a good game. Gotcha. Well. I don't think anything else for y'all. Anything else? Any other opinions on this? I mean, other than the fact that this, I mean, it's been another great March Madness. I mean, you've had, you know, the one Cinderella team that you wanted. You had, you know, upsets again, like we had last last mm. March. Uh, I mean, nothing but great. Nothing but great. I love the. I love this time of year when it comes to college basketball. The only thing that can be better next March. Texas State is there. Oh yeah, please, man. please! I don't know. It'll please. be hard. They got a they got a lot of movement to do, but they got also a lot of young pieces. And I, Coach CJ's the guy to do it. He's the guy to do it. I believe. But. We put all his faith in him. Uh, well, we're getting towards the tail end of the show, but before we leave, y'all, to have a beautiful day. Kobe, can you give us a little bit of the weather? Weather loads this morning was uh, 56 degrees. It's supposed to get up to 86 degrees today. And then tomorrow is going to be a low of 63 with a high of 83 degrees. So a nice, good, sunny week so far. No rain. No, no rain. No. Oh, that's what we like to see. Nice, sunny days. Everybody can head to Soul Park and you know have fun and try to, try to relax a little have, bit. Have safe fun. Oh, yeah. Have some safe fun. <laughs> All right. Well, thank everybody for joining us. Had a lot of good things to talk about baseball, softball. I got to talk with Par Nelson. This has been Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. Have a great rest of your day.